Okay, welcome back to another edition, episode episode 18 of Grill. How long steak, mister? 15 minutes. I am Robert Stills. Uh, you are? Hillel Echohawk. Uh, yeah, we are recording to you from South Lake Union, Seattle, Washington, 212, a production <laughs> of the Soundcasting Network. Yeah, man, it's Soundcasting Network. Right. We don't talk about them very often. We don't. It's it's a shame, really. Anyway, it is a beautiful day in Seattle, Washington. Yes, it is. Gorgeous outside. Now, we're locked in the studio with no ventilation in here. No. Got us working away. Yeah. Like a kitchen. Right. Right. Anyway, we do have a guest today. Yay. Would you expect anything less? No. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to us, good sir. Yeah, so my name, uh, I am Troy Krajewski. <laughs> uh, Krajewski? Always, always good for a Your laugh, voice just right? got so I much know, lower. What happened? <laughs> it, uh, yeah, that's the, kind of the depression of having a name like Krajewski uh, <laughs> whenever you have to tell people that. Uh, but no, I'm, uh, yeah, I work in the kitchen up at Rock Creek Seafood in Fremont. Rock, that is next to Unita Burger, correct? Uh, yes, we share the building with Unita Burger um, and also a really strange secret Yoda yoga studio in the back. What? Huh. I've not had a chance to eat at Rock Creek yet. Me either. Um, I just read an article on Eater, SeattleEater.com, about your guys' um, happy hour menu. Yeah, the happy hour is uh, is is on point. Um, it's a couple of things that we do uh, regularly, uh, but for the most part, the rest of it kind of changes out. Typical small little uh, happy hour plates at a good price, but for what you're getting for under 10 bucks, it's definitely hard to beat. Awesome. Perfect for Fremont. Yeah. Uh, you want to give us a little backstory about your culinary career? How, First of all, how old are you? Uh, I'll be 29 on Sunday. Right? Uh. Old man in the game. <laughs> yeah, I've been feeling that way for yeah. too long now. <laughs> uh, did you, when did you, when did you start cooking? How old were you and what was your first job? Uh, I, I Honestly, my first memories of cooking, I think were in fourth grade. I had three older sisters, and uh, they needed bake sale stuff. Wow. And down in the market? No no offense to mom, but she was not very good with cookies. No, this was down in no, Oregon. No, he's, yeah, okay. he's from out of state. Uh, yeah, this is Oregon. And uh, she she wasn't a great baker at the time, so I learned how to make cookies for my uh, sisters to take to class. So, <laughs> wait, then, so your sisters didn't learn how to bake. You did it. Yeah, I did. I, I don't think they've still learned how to bake. <laughs> Neither have I, for that matter. Well, um, that's bake, awesome. Baking is tough. That's awesome. Yeah, baking is tough. It's I'm, really tough. Yes, yeah, I'm a terrible baker. Savory all the way. You know, it's mm-hmm. off the cuff. You, you you can cook to taste and and texture and you know whatever you're looking for. But baking, it's all science. I had I, some, I can't wing it. Yeah. I had some black sesame ice cream the other day at Kushi Bar. Really down in Belltown. That sounds I, awesome. I did not know they even had a dessert menu. Which they don't. You have to ask for it. But uh, we started to get into a discussion about sweet and savory desserts. Mm -hmm. And my girlfriend uh, is all about savory uh, desserts. She started going off about garlic ice cream, tahini ice cream. But the black sesame was good. So I'm more of a savory guy, too. I don't have that bad of a sweet tooth. Now you, on the other hand. I, I do love my sweets. How was that Twinkie? It was. I'm. I'm not a huge Twinkie fan, but it was. It kind of did satisfy the sweet tooth that I was having. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, where did did you go to culinary school? I did not. Um, and I, I swear to this day that I never will. <laughs> <laughs> There's still time. That, that that comes with its own downsides. There's though. still Fortunately, uh, debt is not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fuck that. Hey, well, I'm. I went to culinary school and I don't have any debt. 
Well, that's that's good for you. You also don't have, have a job. Too, yeah. so. <laughs> I have a job. Well, we didn't get to that yet. Way to ruin it for the oh, listeners. Oh, sorry. Just, I, we'll just edit that part out. I was hoping to get to like your update and be like, uh, I am a hobo living on the street now. <laughs> yes. I cook hot dogs I on the side destitute. of the street. <laughs> it's, it's tough living on the streets in uh, North Ballard. It's it hard, really hard, is. Hard tags. <laughs> it's really hard living in North Ballard. It's super difficult. Okay. Uh, so... So you went to you did not go to culinary school and you've been cooking professionally. Yeah, I actually uh, I was um, pr- pretended like I was I was going to engineering school for a while and was cooking to pay my bills through there. Um, what I, age? I started uh, actually my my first job, if you even consider it, restaurant industry, was in high school at sixteen. The day I turned sixteen, I got a job at Dairy Queen. Oh. <laughs> uh, fun, but, fact, yeah. fun fact! Fun yeah. fact! Uh, every year as a child. Uh, I demanded a Dairy Queen ice cream cake for my birthday, and that's what I got uh, until uh, I was dating a young lady by the name of Jarrell, and I told her this tidbit about me, and she dare brought me a Baskin Robbins ice cream cake. I acted like a little baby. Oh. Literally the worst. You, it's you got to get those little crunchy the things right, in, oh in my, the middle of the Dairy Queen it's, cake. I That's where it's at. It's it's like cookie. It's like the Oreo cookies, but it's not Oreo cookies. It's and it stays crunchy the whole time. It is, even though it's frozen. Some, I yeah. I've never had one. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, this I, magic I believe that in, you're in Dairy about. Queen terminology, they call it a uh, fantasy crunch. I'd only seen it on the order list because we didn't it, actually do cakes at our it location. It fulfills my So fantasy. we never had it in shop. It fulfills yeah. all of my fantasies. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All right, so Dairy Queen Gotta was your first one. one. This was I'm, I'm assuming this was one with food because uh, not all of them have food. Yeah, that one uh, it, it was was definitely food. I started, I was just uh, slinging cheeseburgers at a high rate uh, throughout high school and uh, worked my way up into Dairy Queen management. Nice. Yeah, that, my man. that brought my in man. ladies by the floods. I'll tell oh, you what. Sure. Um, and then, uh, yeah, most of my background's been been very casual, though. After that, you know, I did some counter service cafe, you know, burger breakfast kind of places, and then, uh, you know, a, a brewery for a while. Well, uh, you told me about that. Didn't one. didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm you know, always repping. Um, Block Fifteen Brewery Company. Shout yes, out. What's shout up? Out. Best beer in Oregon. Oregon. Um, but since then, no, it wasn't until I moved up to uh, Eastern Washington four years ago that I started to get into up to Eastern Washington. Yeah, that or was Eastern Washington. East, Eastern Washington. Shout out! Um, Shout out Easter Bunny. Yeah, my my East Side <laughs> has happened. a different meaning than everyone else's East Side. I'm talking other side of the mountains, <laughs> yeah. not the lake. It's Trump territory. Yeah, very much so. Um, for you guys that don't uh, out there, which ironically is is mostly Hispanics. Though. Yeah, for if you if you guys want to, uh, for you you out there who don't really know who think Washington is all Seattleites that are weirdos and hippies, and uh, once you get past the Cascades, the mountains. Uh, it becomes a whole new territory. Territory. It really does. A bunch of right wing gun loving. Um, it, it, it's it's an interesting place, and uh, uh, yeah, I was I was cooking on the side and making wine for two years out there. Yeah, that's right. We and, had long uh, many conversations about your. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was an interesting gig. It was fun, but uh, every time I tried walking away from cooking. I, I wasn't a coming back, but it's it's funny when I was over there. I tell people, you know, I put in my notice to wherever I was at, and they're like, "What are you doing? I'm moving to Seattle." Uh, I don't like that place. And it's like, uh, well, yeah. will you stay over here? Then <laughs> we'll we'll do fine without it's you. It's important to know. It's important to know. You know, know where you stand. And some people fit better across those side of the mountains. Other people fit well on this side. Of the yeah. mountains. it's 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 weird too. Where you're you're in Eastern Washington, and and people, you know, think of Seattle as mustache flannel. You know, 
guy you would see hanging out at Revolver on any given Tuesday night. Uh, And and then here, you think of Eastern Washington as a bunch of like Star Wars sand people. (laughs) (laughs) Tusken Raiders, man. All right. So uh, anyway, you get to Seattle and you start. What level of entry cooking did you get into? Yeah. So when I when I came over here, I was uh, finally embracing cooking as a career for the rest of my life and trying to take steps forward, knowing what my abilities were and knowing what I needed to learn to actually become a chef to someday run a place and uh, was very picky, uh, staged at way too many restaurants and uh, ultimately was looking for a chef that I could work for that would that's, would be willing to teach me. That's what's up. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I found I found a great one. Um Shout out to Josh over at uh, Capitol Grill. Uh, yeah, we're going to get into Capitol Grill. Two years. Uh-huh. And uh, first corporate gig I've ever had. Uh, not ideal for me, but fortunately I had a good chef there that I could work under. Now, we'll talk about Capitol Grill for a second. It's my second favorite um, steakhouse. steakhouse in Seattle, Washington. I, I was a little sad hearing you drop uh, the Met. Yeah, that's my jam. The top of it. Metropolitan yeah. Grill is, is my jam. I, you know, I, I love Metropolitan Grill. I'm sorry, but I've eaten at Capitol Grill a couple times. Always had wonderful service there. Yeah. Never can say anything bad about them. Their menu is excellent. Um, I just think the customer service is better over at the Met. Fair enough. It, I actually, as soon as you said the service has always been great at Capital Grill, kind of chuckled a little inside. Well, because well, I could think of maybe twenty percent of those servers there that I would want to wait my table. Well, yeah, the, yeah, the thing about yeah. uh, I, I, every time I've came to Capital Grill, I knew somebody that was on the front of the house service, and or they'd be like, "Hey, we know that guy; he's cool," and they would comp me a couple side dishes or a bottle of champagne. Um, I've also went in there with like half off coupons before, and they've been like, "Oh, half off coupon? Yeah, sure." We'll take care of all your, you know, sides. I mean, they're nice. It's just, um, yeah. And f- they are owned by Darden, right? Uh, yeah, that is one of Darden, Darden uh, which owns Bahama Breeze. Yeah, Darden's the second largest in the country uh, as far as restaurant groups go. Um, the number one, I can never remember. It's just like three letters or something. Um, but you've got Bahama Breeze, uh, Longhorn Steakhouse, Jimmy V, Season Twenty Two, uh, Yard House, Capital Grill. They uh, they sold Red Lobster. They sold Red Lobster. Cash on the table. That so was a who, big deal. Who owns Red Lobster now? Uh, I think they went to the number one, the big group. Then I can never that, remember. The name that's of. my mm. first ever real culinary. That, that was that. Right? That was shortly after they did a, a major rebranding of, of Red Lobster <laughs> years ago as well. So, uh, funny thing is, I was wanting to pick up a couple front of the house shifts <clears throat> somewhere to because I'm here at the at Soundcast Network, and <clears throat> I was like, I want to work front of the house a couple different places just. You know, at fine dining, I've never worked front of the house fine dining. So I saw online that uh, Capital Grill was hiring somebody, and I was like, "All right, yeah, I can do that, no problem. Let me apply online." And then I found out they were with Darden, who owned Red Lobster. I got fired for a very bad reason uh-huh. at Red Lobster. Eligible for rehire checkbox, anybody? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, uh, but I realized that they had sold Red Lobster, so I was good to go. It was off the grid at that point. Yeah. Off the, to, yeah, Doesn't count. Back. Well, is there like a... Uh a waiting period no. or anything like that? Is no, there... no, no. They, I mean, they. if you've worked for the company, you have to say that and they'll look up your work history. Oh, yeah. It, of course, I, I never get in trouble for my work performance, ever. Uh-huh. It's always something extracurricular mm. uh, or personal that I have a problem with somebody at work. I, I'm, I'm a, kind of a hard person to get along with sometimes. Sometimes. Very opinionated. Okay, so Capital Grill, you were there. Uh, that's when I met you is when you were at Capital Grill. 
and I love talking about food with you. Uh, yeah, well, you know, we, uh, we we shared some interests with that Porcini Delmonico. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great cut of meat. Great. Oh, that was a great discussion. Yeah, we talked a lot about, about uh, aging beef. Yeah, that actually, that's one of the things I do miss about that job, though. Uh, and the experience was the the last, I was there for two years. The last year I was there was doing a lot of the butchering. When we were bringing in whole primal, um, primal cuts and dry aging them, and then I would then sit in literally a walk-in cooler for hours on end, yeah. uh, bundled up listening to metal, cut, cutting up. them down nice. on the bone saw into steaks, and it was a great time. It was awesome experience. That's fun. Um, That's fun, man. And, and I do miss those butchering shifts, you know, a couple days a week, just That's going in and raging and cutting out some steaks and going home. It's a good time. Uh, why did you decide to leave there? Did your chef leave? What, what's the, I mean, you don't have to get really deep, too deep into it, just, you know, general. Uh, general. Ultimately, it came down to, you know, me trying to progress in my own career. Um, yeah. For too long. Two years is about two it. Two years is, yeah. <laughs> Unless you're running that place. Two years is generally how long I, I can uh, be at a place before justifying leaving. I'm usually in for the long haul. Uh, but ultimately, it came down to a difference of what my future held. Um, and I, I needed to get back to independent ownership, working alongside owners, uh, chef owners, and uh, getting more experience there because you know corporate cooking is is not my future and it Listen really was up, just the difference right. of what I needed. It's <laughs> Listen up, kids! If you guys are in the industry, this is ultimately what uh, your decision is going to come down to is corporations don't really care about you. No, you need to work with a hands-on they, they, chef. They but. took great care of me. No complaints to yeah. Capital Grill or Darden whatsoever. Uh, I had my hangups in going uh, corporate in that sense, but I really didn't have to deal with any of the corporate. Some people were happier yeah. at, at corporate jobs. It's very structured. It's by the book, but you have no, you're, no ownership. You have nothing, you know, your progression in yeah. going to the top. You can only make it so far. The, the, I Oh, I went to school with people who were like, I only want to work in hotels. I only want to work in corporate that works for places. Them. And I was just like, Go, you do you do boo. But do like, you do do boo? <laughs> yeah. Do boo. Do boo. Words of wisdom. Chef quotes from Hello Echo Hawks. Do gonna, you, Shoot do. Yogi Berra of the Culinary Institute over gonna here. That's going to be a new meme. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, they were like, they don't ever want to work in any other kind of restaurants because they want those benefits. They want those those kind of hours. But I'm like, that's that's no you have no ownership over anything that you do. A, a lot of these subjects we're we're gonna try to dive into more further down the line mm -hmm. once we start getting some a corporate chef in here versus a chef owner. Mm -hmm. um, we we've we've breezed over some of these topics before and. I'm yeah. opinionated about them. This is definitely a, a wormhole. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Down. All right. So uh, wrap it up real quick. Uh, you were at Rock Creek now. Uh, yeah, I started there in December. Uh, just recently, in the last couple of weeks, I've taken over the brunch program. Congratulations. And the brunch lead there. It's a good opportunity. Having a good time with it. We talked about you changing up the menu, getting some, getting some a little bit more flair, a little mm -hmm. more personality into some of those dishes. Uh, the staples are on the menu, but. Um, yeah, what can we look for on that menu? Yeah, there's uh, there's no doubt this city has a uh, a mega boner for brunch. Um, <laughs> they 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 love doing it. And, Super ultra mega boner, <laughs> and, and I think a big part of it is obviously without booze, it's just breakfast. Um, <laughs> I like that, that line. That, that is a, like, that should be a tagline. Uh -huh. Oh, like like uh, sixteen dollar or twenty three dollar bottomless mimosas. Hey, without booze, it's just breakfast. <laughs> and my favorite part about our brunch menu is at the very top the little heading with our restaurant and, and, and you know, address and everything under there is 
right before it, before you get to any of the food or anything, is $25 bottle of champagne. Right. Uh. Our, our tagline on our sign at Honey Hole is, it's a damn good sandwich. I'm like, yeah. I'll agree with yeah. that. That's yeah. a great talent point. That, right. That'll get me in the door any day of the week. Okay, so you have listened to the show. You told me that you had you you, you uh, binge listened to the show. Thanks. Yeah. I, I did after uh, after a night of binge drinking with you telling me about the show. <laughs> yeah. Was that right? uh, by the way, I whooped everybody's ass in Mortal Kombat. Uh, you you did. Um, you did not deliver on the pool table, however. Uh. I didn't even get to play. <laughs> I know. I that, was that shit kicked I, me off. I knocked Keith off the table. You were next on the list. I was looking for Robbie and I was like, I he, he could be anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was spinning, I was DJing. <laughs> I was up there playing metal. Nobody was happy. The metal was either too heavy or too light, or they wanted butt rock, which I what didn't have any butt rock on me. I brought a selected yeah. types of music to try to appease everybody, but being a DJ, sometimes you cannot appease everybody. But yeah. I, I played some cuts, yeah. though. It, it was good, and and no faulty on that one. But rock's not one of those ones that you carry around for emergency situations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't you just gen- pull that generally out. Generally, can get by without. Okay, yeah. so as you know, we usually do updates. Uh, we're mm-hmm. going to do an update real quick. Uh, I will go first. Uh, honey hole. Uh, as many of you know, I've been injured, and some people are a little bit more um, accommodating to me at work because I'm injured. Uh, I, I went to the doctor today and I've been trying not to eat any medications at work because, you know, uh, you don't you don't want to be a fire and knives and slicing with kind of while you're drooling mm-hmm. on yourself is not good. So I've been uh, not really eating meds at work, but I've been having some people pick up the slack, trying to help them, trying to help them. Yeah. Trying to help them uh-huh. do what they want. Do something for them so that they don't mind doing something for me. And uh, so it works for some people. Other people's it, it doesn't. So That's I'm pretty good. Uh, we're just trying to shift around everybody there. It's a balancing act. I'm going on vacation. Well, not vacation, but a short trip. Uh, another person's going on a short trip. And I've been kind of talking to my operations manager, trying to help him figure out how to juggle and get people the time off that they need. And that's what's great about the company that I work for is they will break their back to make everybody happy. And they're doing a good job of that. So I'm very happy there right now. Uh, wish I was doing a little bit more fine dining, more involved in some recipe making and stuff. But, you know, don't. Don't fix it if it ain't broke. So, Honey Hole's going great. Hello, where are we at with you? Um, I have a new job. I have been staging and interviewing and just busting my ass off looking for a new spot all, like, yes, Robbie. Before we get into where you have a job at... Can can you go ahead and run down a list of who where you've all staged at? Yeah. Okay, so I staged at Kuoko, which is a Tom Douglas restaurant. Shout out Ron Anderson. Hammy. What's up? Um I staged at Palace Kitchen, which is also a Tom Douglas. Who do we know there? Um, we know Ben Oh my gosh, what is his last name? I don't know. Shout out no Ben. Idea. And then other Shout out ben. other homeboy we wanted to come on the show. I don't know. Funny story about that kid. He was uh, oh that guy. Yeah, he was wanting to come on. The, this guy was wanting to come on the show and talk to uh, Keith. Oh, 
uh, our producer, yeah. one of our producers, and oh, uh, this guy. wanted to come on the show. And I was like, you know, I would love to have somebody on the show. I appreciate he, I appreciate he's a fan, uh, but I just have too many other homies and too many other friends and people mm-hmm. that I look up to that I want to have on the show besides bringing somebody in who I don't really know anything about. But further down the line, great. Uh, so it didn't work out. Uh, but randomly enough, uh, my friend Ron Anderson wanted to introduce us to him. They are kind of too busy at Palace. But then mm-hmm. I was getting coffee at Cafe Vivace up on the hill. Saw this really, really cool business card about pop-up dinners. Beautiful plating on there. Uh-huh. Pick it up. It's the kid. Yeah. And I was like, this is small world, man. Small world. <laughs> yeah. So I more can't, power to him doing yeah. his own thing on the side, too. With exactly. He, that's apparently, not, yeah. that's not easy. He blogs and stuff like that. I, I wish I could remember his name. Uh, Me, too. Shout out to you at Palace. Uh, yeah, and, and we actually just ac- acquired a couple of cooks from Palace. Uh, I've got one of them on my brunch line because we, we're in, in the process of opening a new restaurant that has been delayed. Um, so in an oh. attempt to try and throw some hours at, at, at this guy of have taken on an extra body in the mornings to help me out, which I'm forever grateful for. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Okay. So Palace Kitchen, where else? Uh, Damn the weather. Yeah. Uh, Chef there is Eli Dolan. Yeah. Um, And then I've interviewed at Pano Ranch, Leary Traveler, and Waterway Events. Did you not stage at those places you interviewed at? Uh, I did not. They did they want you to come back for a stage? You just say I don't really think this is a fit for me. Um, at the first two, I was like, this is not a fit for me, and then um, I'm supposed to go back for a stage at Waterway. Okay, now how many of those places that you staged at were you? First of all, do you want to? Because we're going to get into staging real quick. Do you want to read the definition of what a stage is? The definition, the technical definition. Do you have it? Uh, I don't know if I have that or not. So many notes right now. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, basically, do you want us to explain? I can explain it. I mean, I know what it is, but I'm trying to think of the technical. It comes from, it's a French term. It's, it's a French term. I'd be curious to, to hear what the direct translation or the official definition is. Um, but it's I think Halil's like on the, it. The history is just stagiaire, trainee, or intern. That's all. Yeah, there's a couple really. other terms for it to call. They, there's a, a search somebody that trails somebody else too. Uh, there's an unpaid internship, mm-hmm. um, which I think that's kind of well, double negative. In, in most uh, most other industries, though, you know, especially as a college student, in your last couple of years, you may you might do an unpaid internship somewhere yeah. to get the experience so that you have some experience on your resume right out of college. However, for us doing a stage, we're doing it for one day. We're not doing it for six months to but a that's, year that, yeah. of working experience. That, but that is that is in some cases. Now, that's only in the U.S. Outside mm-hmm. of the U.S., you do week-long stages. Sometimes, or sometimes three months. months. Or in some, sp- in some spots, a year at least. Unpaid. A, a normal stage, but they free pay, dinners for uh, a year. Free dinners, yeah. uh, the, so room lot, and board. A lot of places pay for room and board, uh, but it's basically on the job training, as mm-hmm. the way they put it. We're gonna get more into this because I find staging very interesting. Yes. Um, so, how many of those places were you offered a job at? Um, four. Four of the places, and out of those four places, drum roll, please, Troy. You want to guess the drum roll? I don't know where to drum roll. Right there. <laughs> I like to pick it right up. Right there. Which place did Miss Echo Hawk choose? Damn the weather. <sighs> the crackers <sighs> watch. That goddamn weather. Damn it. Now, uh, congratulations, Dan the Weather's wonderful, excellent restaurant slash bar in the Pioneer Square area. It is first in Washington, correct? First and Washington. No. Leary. 
I believe you're wrong. But it's first in Washington, I believe. It's Caddy Corner to the Central Tavern. Yeah. Isn't Central Liberty in Fremont? Or is that just me? Oh, yeah. I was just thinking of Leary Traveling. Anyway, congratulations <laughs> to Dan the Weather yeah. uh, for acquiring the one and only Hello, Echo Hawk. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. You uh, posted a uh, picture of a burger that you had there. I did. Was that your shift meal? It was. Most of the time uh, when you stage, they'll say thank you very much, have a shift drink and a, and uh, a meal. meal, and we will let you know, or they'll offer you the job right away. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Now, interesting fun fact. I don't want to put hello on blast here or anything like this, but it's too funny of a story. What? So she stashed for my friend at Quoco, and I asked how she how, you know, how she did. He said, did great, you know, all this. Yada, yada. What? I am just now hearing about we this. Asked, we asked, it, you know, I, I think, you know, if she wants to work, you know, she can. She says she doesn't want to work at Palace Kitchen because... Uh, what did you What did you say? Why did you say you didn't want to work at Palace? Because it was I because it's high volume. High volume. She doesn't want to be in high volume. Lord knows you've been there. <laughs> been there, uh, done that. So I asked my friend. I you know I was there. I, they hooked me up some lasagna at Quoco. I just went by to check out. I, I hadn't been there, so I wanted to what? check out. What you could really tell me this before <laughs> so, you talking, you fucking my, asshole. My, my, my I cannot home, believe you're doing this right now. My home, Actually, I can't believe you're doing this right now. My homeboy because friends, you do this all the time. My home. I'm sorry. Uh, what? No, you're not. My girlfriend no, was dying, cracking up. If you, my friend, Ron, no, you're like, not. I go, how'd she do? And he goes, oh, we put her on saute. She couldn't figure out how to hold a saute pan and a pair of tongs at the same time. (laughs) I can't figure out how to have any two other things in my hands beside that. I was just, oh, you fucking asshole. So I go, well, you know, I don't think Halal's really known for her saute skills. She's great on grill. She rocks out Grand Marget. Uh, uh, now, saute is my is my jam. Saute? I've never worked saute That's before. What, and I know. And you should. Did, you, did he ask you if you know how to work saute? No. He just said, get on it. Yeah. Good job. Well, good on you for attempting it. But yeah, that, that's a tough start. Tongs that's in one thrown hand. right into the fire. Yeah, no, right? No pun intended, but yeah. seriously, that's, that's uh, a big station. Do you know how, can you flip a pan with your left hand? I can, sort of. We're going to work on that. We'll get you some marbles, get you a nice saute just, pan. Just keep the broom nearby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm clipping all over the place. Pop, pop. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was funny. So, damn the weather. When do you start? Fuck you. What? Um, I start... Um, I orientation. That, I, I kept that tomorrow. one in the bag. You really did keep that one in the bag. God, I've been laughing about it for a while. Why well, knew? I mean, <laughs> I, he was fine. He knows. You know, not everybody's expected to know all positions. Mm-hmm. I've just been. I'm an old guy. I'm 34, so that's considered ancient in a lot of restaurants. I've worked every position, and so you can tell me how to cook something. I may not cook it exactly like you cooked it, but it's going to taste decent or. Better than what I, I, I agree. Right at, the, at this point, when you've been doing it for so long, you've worked the stations, you have the technique. It's mostly of like, I may not have seen this ingredient once before. Exactly. Yeah. How like, I've like never, this I've never worked with that. Just show me how you did it. Okay. So we are going to get into staging real quick. Uh, hello. Do you want us running through the history of staging? Um. Yeah. So, like I said, the stage history. It's started in France. They're kind of like. The hist- like the where it or- originated, when it originated exactly, is kind of like iffy. Um, so couldn't you know? It's just a long, long time ago in France. Um, it started and 
like I said, it's a trainee or an intern um, with you start with a variety of tasks like picking herbs, peeling vegetables, things like that. Small tasks. Um, you are possibly on the line um, if you are going to be considered for a job. Um, but unless you're going to not considered for a job, then you're just going to be doing those little tasks. Tedious. Um, yes. Um, yeah, uh, stay out of the way of what we're doing, but also much. we kind of want to see if you can do anything. Yeah, pretty much. It's like just do that so we don't have to do it. Basically, now the way that this uh, kind of thing came up was that uh, Hillel had told me that uh, Palace Kitchen and Quoco is a Tom Douglas restaurant. Tom Douglas is a restaurant owner, owns a restaurant group here in Seattle, Washington. Mm-hmm. And quite, well, I don't know what he was seven. Eight restaurants, maybe is seven or eight. Yeah, with somewhere with around Lena bumping it up. New, that's the newest one. Isn't serious it? Pie, Serious Biscuit, yeah, pie, yeah. all Multiple those places. Locations, to, but yeah, we got yeah. them yeah. Heart, yeah, maybe ten. Let's say eight to ten restaurants. Yeah. Uh, but she told me that she did a paid stage. Yeah, at Palace, which I have never been paid to stage anywhere before. Me either. It blew my mind. Have you? Uh, only in food and wine. Uh, but but a, a paid stage sounds like uh, sounds like a larger group kind of covering their tracks in terms of liability and you know possible labor loss because obviously there's those gray areas of staging that we all are familiar with. Mm-hmm. Well, that is the that's the issue that I I got into it. Uh, I've heard that is it's it's technically illegal to be an unpaid worker in the kitchen when you work for an entire shift. Yeah. But reading up on this, it's not. It's not illegal. No. It's on the you're you're trying out essentially, but it's so technical as to what you can and cannot do during a stage whether it's legal or illegal. That that's interesting to hear actually of of the legality of bringing someone in unpaid for a night, but Obviously, there's other things that are intriguing that situation of, say, hey, I'm staging for this night, and I cut the end of my finger off. Suddenly, L&I and insurance liability comes in, but I am nowhere on the records for your restaurant as an employee. Exactly. What happens then? I signed, well, we briefly talked about this last week. We said we'd talk about it maybe next week, mm-hmm. which is this week. Where, yeah, how I signed no paperwork. Nothing. If I slip and fall and hurt myself... What what happens? Am I just stuck with the bill if I don't have insurance? Am I just are they going to pay for it? I'm assuming most restaurants would pay for it. Right. <laughs> I know that most restaurants that I've worked in because I won't work for some shitty places. But if somebody cuts herself and hurts herself on the job, and they don't have insurance, no questions asked. That restaurant is totally going to foot the entire bill. For sure. If you get burned, if you get cut, if you slip and fall, it happened on the clock. Why are there? They're they're responsible, and that's no questions asked. But what happens when you are not on the clock and not being paid? I tried to find out information about it. I did not find anything. I did find you? Anything. Exactly, and literally the only paper trail that this restaurant has tying you to it is possibly a resume in a folder somewhere. Mm-hmm. Because that, you, you literally have sat down and interviewed yeah. with them and said, hey, come in Friday night. Let's see what you got. Sometimes that's not. That's all there is. Sometimes, Sometimes not. Yeah. Sometimes you ha- just heard a story the other day. Guy came at Guy says, hey, I heard you got a new chef position. Uh, I'm looking for a job. He says, sure. Come on in. 
uh, walks in, says, do you, you know, do you want to sit on an interview? No. You, did you bring your kitchen shoes? You bring knives? No, I didn't bring that. Okay. Get, take your ass home. Come back tomorrow. Bring your knives, bring your kitchen shoes. Comes back, throws them in the kitchen. Now the dude looked like he was on crack rocks or was tweaked out on something and uh, they had to send him home, did not give him a job, but literally he's a, a ghost. He, ne- you know, he walks in, works on the line for a couple of minutes. They notice he's cracked out. He leaves. He could say, hey, while I was there, I burned myself, sue somebody. I'm not sure how that works. And, and that's a whole nother scenario that generally you're not even thinking of because we've all been in places. I think I heard this from when Johnny was on the show of being burned or possibly injured by other people on the line. <laughs> yeah. Now, what happens if this tweaker is on the line hanging and out for somebody a night else. and burns yeah. someone else I mean, badly enough to need attention? I've been burned on the line by other people. It's like. You know, what would I have done if I had been a stage and yeah, that had happened? I wish I wish I knew more about this. I tried. I looked up all week trying to figure out. It's very, very, very not talked about at all. It's, it's just expected of you to come in and bust your ass and show them that you're worthy or showing that you have the willingness to learn. Uh, I read many interviews uh, with some other chefs about what they expect from stages. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they just want your willingness to learn uh, and come in and be a hard worker. Even if you suck, man, you can teach somebody to cook. So I don't know the legal part of it. I don't, I don't know. know how okay. this works. Well, so the stage law falls under the Fair Labor Standards Act, FLSA. And it says it. So this is the what it says in case you're just I found it interesting establishes minimum wage overtime pay record keeping and youth employment standards affecting employees in the private sector and federal and state and local governments covered non-exempt workers are entitled to a minimum wage of not less than seven dollars and 25 cents per hour effective July 24th 19 sorry 2009 Overtime pay at a rate not less than one and a half times the regular rate of pay is required after 40 hours of work in a work week. And you have to fill out a timesheet. So as a stage, you are not filling out a timesheet. Never. Never. I've never once filled out a timesheet. Like we were saying, when we walk into a stage, we're not filling out a piece of paper. We, you know. They've, like had, you, they've said, had you come back for usually typically it's one shift. Mm-hmm. Or a half a shift, just through the busy part of the the, the service. But there's been a places that I've worked before, uh, and they had me come back and stage for somebody else. So I staged for uh, Sue, and then the Sue said, "Oh, I want to bring you back in tomorrow with the chef." Uh, a- and I was never paid. No, a meal was all I got. Yeah, and, and and I've I've had restaurants before where I've staged twice. Yeah, which was very strange yeah. to me. Um, you know, and ultimately, generally, you're okay with it because one, it's you kind of have to be. It's yeah. kind of needed for the job. I, yeah. I don't know what would happen if you're a potential candidate in an interview saying, "Yeah, I'm really interested," and even if they like you, okay, would you like to come in this weekend and cook? No, I'm good. I'm not with it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, sorry. I'd uh, moving not. on to the next place. That's the thing about it. But that's the thing about it is if you tell them no, it's against the law or something. They're just gonna they're just gonna pass you over. And mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's against the law. The the, the it's very there's a giant gray area yeah. as to exactly what's legal and what's not legal. And they just rather they want somebody that's willing to not say anything 
and show that they want the job. It's yeah, but staging is important. A, a big part of of who you bring into your kitchen too is you know it's not necessarily who's going to turn their head when this happens, but it's who's a team player who can I count on who's who's a personality that's going to fit with this group. And suddenly, if there's a guy that you've been talking to for ten minutes in an interview and says. No, it's not legal. I'm not into it. I'm not going to come in. You you lose serious interest in that person they, at that point. They sound as, like a snitch. As a team, yeah, as a team member. They sound, sound like, like someone who's going to throw everybody <laughs> yeah. under the bus when the time comes around. True. Good point. Uh, now, we're only talking, I mean, basically, all we know as we're, we're American, we live in the United States. This is all we know about living in, staging in the United States. But this has been going on a long, long, long time. And basically, I've read a couple things about uh, they're trying to get places to do away with culinary schools and they want to just do staging, which is you come in, you work at a restaurant. That is your schooling. You don't need, and people are for it and opposed to it, but I think it's great. It's on the job training. And if they're paying you, if they give you room and board, and if they do pay you with food, maybe let you have, have tips. I don't think that's such a bad idea. You're working with people who have been in the been in the industry, you get to work with a chef, and it's it's real life scenario. It's well, not practice. And and for guys like us, they they came up that way basically. That's of, how I came up. Just on yeah, you know, for example, everything I know about cooking is only from the chefs and the menus that I've worked with before. Uh, you know, and then and, and then start to study on my own in my own time and cooking at home and and learn more exactly. that way. But it's all on the job experience. And if you look at it compared to any other profession, you're going to college. Your room and your meals aren't paid for. Nope. You're struggling to pay for that, and you're usually using your uh, student loan money to to get involved with those with whatever's left over after you bought a new TV and a PlayStation and <laughs> whatnot. <laughs> Gotta uh, have that. Gotta have that gold. And, that that gold pass on. And Xbox, suddenly dude. you come out after four years where you've been paying for your own room and board and your own meals. You're God knows how much in debt, and you're not even guaranteed a job at that point at minimum wage. And so when when Minimum you can wage. say, hey, we're going to do away with the culinary equivalent of that and get rid of the culinary school and we're going to give these kids out of high school or young people or whoever want to start up and are passionate in the industry and we're going to pay the room board, we're going to feed them, they're going to work with us for that, but that's still compensation. Right. And then at the end, they have all that experience and they also have a job that pays. And they're ready and they're ready and you know they're ready. And You've- they're they're people that you want on your life. That's right. They can step up into a position, and it's and you don't have to learn. Half I've said this before on the show. I've read two. I'm not going to even throw tuna under the bus. Uh, I'll throw some meals under the bus. <laughs> I don't, no, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. Uh, it's just sometimes people come out of culinary school and they come and they think that the way that their culinary instructor taught them is the correct way to do it. I'm not saying it's the wrong way to do it or the right way to do it. It's not how we do it. So yeah, well, there's you need to know you need to do it like chef does it, not the way you were showed in school. You mm-hmm. you owe your guests a, a certain amount of reliability and consistency. Yeah. yeah. So that's the was, problem. Is like yeah, the culinary the culinary school teaches some people. I'm not saying the wrong way, but it teaches them one way. Yeah, I was taught one of my chef instructors. He always said, "There's the right way, the wrong way, and the chef's way." Yeah. So he was always like, "I'm teaching you one way." It's a way that I was taught. It's a way that I have done it. It's a way that I have kind of like done over the years, modified, you know, whatever. I I do it this way for a reason. I do. Yeah. He's like, I do it this way for a reason. Trial and error. Exactly. Um, But 
there's a million ways to do this. He's like, there's a wrong way. There's a lot of wrong ways. And there's also the chef's way. You're going to go into a lot of kitchens and there's going to be another way in every kitchen <laughs> that's going to do this same and thing. All right. And exactly. He's like, it's always the chef's way. You learn a lot that way, too. You see these guys that have that have been on the line for years and years. Generally, you pass them off as the old, washed-up 40-year-old cook uh, <laughs> that lives in a studio apartment that's 80 years old. Uh, but you might be doing something, and he'll look at you and be like, hey, try doing it this way. Yeah. Because there's yep. a place that he worked at 20 years mind. ago where a chef showed him this awesome trick, and suddenly you're like, Blows why your mind. have I been and doing it like, like this the yeah, whole time? So much easier, so much quicker, so much better. Yeah, it really blows your mind. That's happened to me a lot of it. And, yeah. not, and they're not saying like, hey, the way you're doing it's wrong. They're saying, check this out. My, my chef showed me this mm-hmm. trick. Watch this. I mean, they, peeling garlic, cutting cutting cherry tomatoes, mm-hmm. uh, searing fish. There's all sorts of little tiny tricks. Um, cl- making clarified butter. There's a I know four different ways to clarify butter. Yeah. And all of them serve a purpose at, at the time and place. So it just depends. If you're low on clarified butter and you need it ASAP, turn crank that shit up, son. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, we're not going to go. I mean, this is all we're going to stop talking about staging. Uh, I just want to encourage everybody uh, who is a home cook or interested in working in the culinary, even if you're not interested. And you can go as a citizen, uh, not a culinary professional. You can set up a stage. If yeah. you think you have what it takes and you want to, you think you want to be on top chef, you think you know a lot about the culinary industry, speak, go to a restaurant, ask somebody to stage and they will take you in there or show you what that, and what that life's about. Th- th- yeah. There is a bright side to staging too, whether you're trying to cut into the industry or you're already in it and you're trying to look for the right kitchen. It, it, look at it as your, your staging, but it's a trial for you as well. I go into every yeah. stage saying, I want to work with the chef on a Friday night. He can't hide his true colors when service is going no. and it's busy. I want to learn if this is a guy who's going to yell at me until I do it his way or if it's someone who's going to show me, who's going to teach me and that, who's going to have faith in what I'm doing. Uh, Interview them as much as they are you when exactly. you're there. Yeah. Uh, cooking, I've always said, really holds a mirror up to yourself. And it really shows your true colors when uh, you you don't know how to do something uh and you need to figure it out or you're getting your ass kicked during service or you're added other people's attitude support. It really shows, you know, it, it really puts them, holds a mirror up to yourself to let you know that what you can, what you can stand mm-hmm. and how you're going to act in a certain situation that you just don't get in regular life. So Not at all. I think you should really, if you're interested in cooking or just want to know, listen to our podcast. That's one way. But you, we can only talk about it. Yeah. We can't really show you. I think I think we're actually scaring a lot of people away from the industry <laughs> that they're trying to get in. Well, one of my one of my friends, a very dear friend of mine, she said, "I love your podcast. I like listening to it. You're good at what you do, but you complain a lot. You bitch a lot. But that's kind of this is a safe place that's, I can. Yeah. Uh, you know, I let people come on here and voice their opinion. We speak positive. Staging, I love staging uh, because great. you can go to. You're not hired. You didn't fill out your paperwork and come in there and go, oh fuck this line, mm-hmm. fuck this chef, fuck these line cooks. I don't like the food they're cooking. You walk in there and you step online and you really figure out what's going on, whether you want to be in that kitchen or not. So exactly like like uh, Troy said, it's as much as an interview for them as it is for you. So I don't know. True. I was gonna try to do a good staging story, but. 
We don't have time. We don't have time. All right. Uh, we let uh, Troy is our guest. So we let him pick out the ingredient of the week. Troy, what did you choose? Yeah, I chose uh, capers for this week's ingredient. Uh, okay. Hello, Echo Hawk. What have you chosen for us to uh, eat with capers? Um, I have chosen a um, compound butter. So super easy. Um, soften one pound of butter. Um, get half a cup of capers drained, drained, drained thoroughly, <laughs> or drained. Drained no. of the brine yes. is what she was saying. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, uh, and two tablespoons of parsley minced. So in a uh, food processor, um, grind up the uh, capers and butter and then add in the um, parsley because you uh, last because you don't want the butter to turn green. And then wrap it in plastic wrap real tightly in a, like a cylinder, about a silver dollar thickness, um, and then put it in the freezer. There you go. That would go great on like white fish or, I don't know, vegetables. You can use it to make a, a dressing out of? You can. Even break it down with some white wine into a nice little into caper butter, butter pasta sauce. Yeah. Right? Uh, or, yeah, maybe you can uh, use it in a clams or something. Or on a uh, ribeye. Oh. Yeah, might work. Troy? I'm, uh, I'm going with one of my late night staples for what I make myself dinner when at, you the, get end home? Of, at oh. the end of the dinner shift. Oh, no, that I work. usually do this that while work. I work. Uh, we have more ingredients in the pantry at work than in my house. <laughs> um, but this is uh, this is just a simple simple pasta. I keep it heavy on the capers. There's some other stuff in it. Cook it to your um, preference, I guess. But basically, you're going to start a pan uh, with a, a hearty glug of some olive oil and start uh, start simmering up some some shallots and garlic. And then you're going to throw in your capers. Let them toast up in the oil. Basically, you're just trying to infuse all these flavors into the oil. I like to go heavy on the capers, a little bit of a little bit of liquid in there, with the sauce later on. Get it nice and briny. I'm a, I'm a salt hound, <laughs> um, and uh, you can toast up some pine nuts in there too. Really, you're just trying to get a bunch of flavor into this oil, and uh, you know maybe some tomatoes, and then just get that hit it with a little bit of stock to make it saucy. And uh, let it reduce it down a little bit. Throw in some pasta. You know, I like some smaller pasta with this, none of the long noodles or anything. Keep it simple. Rigatoni? Just, just get a bunch, maybe some campanelli. Yeah. Uh, it's good. Farfalle. And, uh, you know, follow your heart. Uh, <laughs> Do it Toss right. that up, you know, get all get all that goodness coated on the oil. Good. I, save, I might try that. Sounds, save, yeah. save some of that pasta water in there, of course. Yeah, of, of course. course. Always save your pasta sauce, water. Let it coat the pasta. And then uh, finish it up with a bunch of chopped parsley, keeping it light and fresh. <laughs> Top it off with some, some fresh grated pecorino or mm. parmesan and some toasted breadcrumbs. Ooh. Very rustic, oh. very Sicilian. Very delicious. There you go. Wow. That sounds good. I like that one. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to do some deep fried capers. Uh, and we're going to be doing it on top of a deviled egg and uh, a grilled sardine. Uh, so basically all you want to do is you want to get a uh, canola oil, uh, 375 degrees, 
grab a handful of capers. Just grab a whole jar. These things are delicious to eat by themselves. True. Uh, you want to throw them in there until they get, uh, yeah, color on them. Brown, not burnt. Brown. Set them aside on a uh, paper Almost. towel to uh, soak the oil out. But then you just want to take a piece of uh, some sardines, uh, salt and pepper, get them on a hot grill, cook them off. I'm going to say grab some arugula, uh, toss it in uh, fresh lemon juice, olive oil, salt, pepper. Lay that bed of, of arugula down. Toss your uh, grilled um, sardines on top. Whatever deviled egg recipe you got, toss your deviled eggs on top of that plate and then cover the whole thing uh, sparingly with those uh, deep fried capers. Nice. And that's a delicious little lunch snack, I guess. I think that's pretty light. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Or, or you can just deep fry your capers and eat them. Toss them on everything, yeah, man. Too. Garnish, garnish yeah. just about anything with those fried capers. It, it really adds, yeah, it adds texture and flavor to yeah. any dish. But uh, at Oddfellows, they on their they have a, a deviled egg with deep fried capers, and the deep fried capers make that deviled egg. It's a delicious deviled egg, but the deep fried capers, and I just added some uh, arugula and grilled um, sardines to it. So that's episode eighteen. Uh, we want to thank Eric. Yeah, sorry. We, I, we're just getting off track all the time. Uh, oh, scheduling. I was so crazy busy this staging. week. Staging. That is why That is why the podcast will be coming out. Is recorded today. Mm-hmm. It will be coming out today. Uh, I talked about having Troy on the show. I've spoke with him a couple times about coming on here. And he texted me today and said he was up by my house having a beer at Quinn's. And I said, come on down. We're going to be talking about staging. Shout out to Quinn's. Chance, what's up? And Eric are uh, both up there. Huh. So, And they got a delicious scotch egg. So we ran a little bit long today, but I don't care. Uh, yeah. If you want to reach out to us on uh, social media or by email, it's going to be grillhowlongsteakmister at gmail.com. Uh, the Facebooks is going to be? Grillhowlongsteakmister. That Instagram is going to be? Grillhowlongsteakmister. Uh, the Twitters is going to be? Howlongsteakmister. Howlongsteakmister. That's where they get you. Yeah. Remember that Twitter one. Yep. Uh, yeah. I want to thank Troy for being here. I want to thank everybody else for uh, yeah sticking with us, and I appreciate all the feedback. I keep getting texts. Uh, yeah, shout out Bobby Love. Uh, yeah, uh, all right. Uh, we want to thank the Soundcasting Network for the Soundcast Network for hosting us. We do appreciate it, and yes. we look forward to uh, speaking with everybody next week. Uh, until next week, take Bye. care. Grill. How long steak, Mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch.